Welcome to Leader Life, a chat with our principal. everyone. Welcome to Leaderline. We're so glad that you can join us today. This is the podcast coming to you from Vickery Creek Elementary School right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And today my guest is Mrs. Renee Krause and she is one of our fantastic teachers that we have on faculty here. Welcome Ms. Krause. Thank you so much for having me. We're so glad you're here. Um, we are going to have a conversation today because you have such a unique perspective. We're going to have a conversation today about maybe some essential truths that you've learned about kids, classroom culture, and also building rapport um, with kids and parents and kind of how to build a whole community around being successful in the school year. Yeah, that sounds great. All right. Well, so you have a really unique perspective just in the time that we've worked together, which is what, maybe six years or so. Um, You have taught kindergarten. Yep. And then from kindergarten, <laughs> I made the jump. The jump. What jump? To, what jump? Pray tell. What are you talking about? <laughs> I jumped to fifth grade. Yes. Yes. And I was in fifth grade for about uh, three years, and now I've moved down to fourth. Okay. So in the time that you've been here, you have worked at three different grade levels. Correct. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah you were brave. I remember I that conversation. <laughs> A little bit about that conversation. Yes. When uh, when we talked about me moving to fifth, I thought you were joking. <laughs> In fact, I laughed, and then I realized you were serious. Yes, and did you enjoy it? Oh my gosh, it was a blast. I'm really glad I made the jump. Me too. Um, not that you weren't successful in kindergarten, because you them. were Love the babies. fantastic yep. everywhere. Yep. But anyway, so given the perspective that you have, because you've, you've really worked what I call the bookends in our school, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. our first learners and our last learners, mm-hmm. what, do you, what were some things that you would say are truths or essential truths that you find to be true about kids all of them well every single one of them wants to be accepted for who they are Mm. they want to be nurtured and noticed for sure you know I I think it's really cool when you have someone that comes in with something really unique about themselves and for them to be able to showcase that or embrace it I think is really awesome uh they want to be challenged respected you think all kids want to be challenged in some way or another, yes. Yeah, even so if they too. don't know. Okay. They want to be challenged. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they want to build relationships for sure. Mm-hmm. Not just with their teacher, but with each other as well. Really. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that I mean I would agree with you. It kind of almost sounds to me like you talk. You're talking about a sense of belonging. Like they need mm-hmm. a place to fit. Yeah. Both um, in you know in the relationship with the adults, but also in the fabric of the classroom. Yeah. And I can see. Um, and I think there are some people or some kids for whom that comes very naturally and some maybe that mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah, for sure. For Do sure. you see any difference in terms of, okay, so you mentioned that all kids want to just be accepted and respected yeah. and, and loved for who they are. Mm-hmm. Does that look different at the different ages? Absolutely. What do you think? Absolutely. You know, in kindergarten, they're so excited to be there. Yeah. They're tired, but they're excited to yeah. be there. It's a long day. <laughs> sure. But they all uh, want to be there, and they have different ways of showing how they want to be accepted. Some of them are um, very outgoing about it, and then some of them are very shy and reserved, and they just are more observing uh, until they feel comfortable. Okay. Mm -hmm. So where do you see that? How does that look? Like now that let's take your fourth graders, for example. How does that look? Like how do you know that they still want that relationship and that acceptance? 
Well, they I, probably don't come up to you anymore. Like a kindergartner is going to come up yes. and grab you and go, Miss sure. Cross, I love you. Yes. They're going to tap you first. They're going to yes. tap you first. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but the fourth graders, they're a little a little harder to, to judge, I think, in, okay. in, in what they want or what they need. Uh-huh. Um, they're not necessarily as forthcoming about it. Okay. Um, so you really have to start building relationships and building trust within the classroom uh-huh. and um, having conversations that allow them to know that you respect them just as much as you are hoping they respect you uh-huh. and then each other. Um, so it's being able to navigate those relationships and, okay. um, you know, and even having conversations with them, what's the best way for me to help you get through some of these things? Just that honestly, yeah, just to absolutely. ask for feedback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so let's take your, um, you know, we just started a school year. So however, yeah. I don't even know how many days in we are, maybe 15, 16, 16 days, something like yeah. that. Okay. Huh. Yeah. And so, just from a more specific perspective, what are the things that you feel like you did at the very beginning of the year to open those conversations and to build those relationships? Yeah, so the first seven days of school, I think, were absolutely key this year. Okay. We took a day, um, every day, to go through our seven habits of highly effective people. Mm-hmm. Every day we focused, focused on a different habit okay. and then how they can use them themselves, how they can use them with each other, how they can use them in an academic setting, okay. how they could use them in the lunchroom, um, and things like that. And I think that really, really helped to build a sense of team and community within my classroom. Wow. Yes. And I, you know, now that we've started the academic side of it, it's been really cool because kids that I would think that probably don't necessarily want to share uh-huh. or participate in front of their peers, they are because they realized it's okay if I make a mistake. Mm. Because we talked about that at the uh-huh. beginning. You know, okay. we set all of the norms in the room yeah. of what to expect from each other. Um, so that everybody does feel comfortable. Would you feel comfortable if I shared my experience from your classroom today? I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. The timing couldn't be better, actually. <laughs> um, so just for the listeners, I actually visited your classroom today during yes. a math lesson. Surprise. Yes, yeah, surprise. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I spent time in a lot of classrooms today, but um, I had a really interesting time, particularly in yours, because... <laughs> Um, and if you're a listener who happens to have a child in her class, I'm sure they'll tell you their perspective on this, but I happened to come in during math and, um, the group was talking, you were working through, uh, I thought it was about place value Mm -hmm. and it kind of was. And I thought, Hey, I'm good at place value. I can, I can play. Right. And then I realized, wow, perhaps I might've forgotten a thing or two. (laughs) And so I remember a question that you asked of the group and all of the students were silently chiming in with these hand symbols mm-hmm. of whether they agreed or respectfully disagreed. Correct. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I, I tapped one of the kids and I asked him like, okay, so what are your signs? Because I didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, you asked the next question and I had an answer, not out loud because I thought, wow, maybe I need to, maybe I need to brush up on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I was talking to the young lady next to me and I told her my answer and she gave me the respectfully disagree sign. <laughs> and I thought, wow, for real? Like I'm the principal. Okay. All right. And I used to be a math teacher, right? Like a middle school math teacher. Right. So right. I was, I thought, Oh, clearly I don't understand the question. So, um, and it was funny because I do feel like the students that were sitting around me could tell mm-hmm. that I was maybe, not comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I asked, I remember asking them, I said, Hey, um, I'm not sure I know this. Do you think it's okay for me to try? 
And the kids that were sitting right around me were like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. And then it was almost like your whole group kind of started hearing the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was one young lady who was on the rug, like on the other side, and she chimed out, Miss Readinger, just go ahead. It's okay. Everybody makes mistakes. Awesome. We're all just going to try and make mistakes. And I literally said, is anybody going to make fun of me if I don't know how to do this? And honestly, Renee, they were so earnest. Yeah. It was like they were trying to protect me from me. I mean, yeah, really, sure, sure. They, they were so earnest and they were like, yeah. no, we don't do that here. Yeah. No. Right. But it was so obvious that those somehow that mm-hmm. type of culture had already been built mm-hmm. before long before day 16 when I walk right. in right. and I am not quite sure how right. to answer these questions. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I think they really loved seeing that. Uh, because they've caught me in a couple mistakes too. I'll be writing on the board and I will make a mistake and they'll catch it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just have to tell them, you know, look, we all make mistakes, even us teachers, you know, Mm because I think that sometimes, you know, they see teachers as these perfect beings that they know everything and oh, we don't we don't wouldn't it be nice if we were perfect right yes oh my goodness I mean, actually I no it would be no fun no not, not really fun. no no then we don't learn or right know. yeah but, I mean they see you outside of school and they're like mm-hmm. what my teacher leaves the school you know things mm-hmm. like that so for them to be able to see that you know sometimes we don't know and sometimes we um have to struggle in our learning as much as they do sometimes I think that's really important and that yeah helps them to feel comfortable and confident in their classroom yeah and it just it, I mean it it's clearly it has clearly created a safe place for your kids to be for sure emotionally um I don't know how you ever get to academic risk <laughs> if you don't have emotional safety right. first exactly wow mm-hmm. okay yeah it was fascinating to see that in action today yeah so um just uh, Another question, um, and I kind of asked this a little bit as a principal and a little bit as a mom, mm-hmm. um, but let's talk about what you have seen over time in terms of kids who come to the table that have parents that are involved in their schooling. Mm-hmm. Do you see, have you seen both ends of the spectrum? Kids who don't? Okay. Yeah. And so what do, what do you notice about that? I've noticed that the ones where the parents are uh, involved and in, in asking questions, okay. the they're the student is more likely to succeed really really um yeah because they've you know they've got the support that is uh encouraging them to really take chances and Mm -hmm. um really do their best where um on the other end when the parents maybe not aren't as involved or aren't asking questions Uh um you know you can kind of see that there's maybe a little more lack of confidence or um just not as much oomph in it okay that makes yeah. sense. Well, it. Um, so I say this because, I mean, this is just the absolute truth. If you were to come to my home, mm-hmm. and when your kids are a little older, I bet their answers will be the same. Maybe not because you're really savvy about this. <laughs> we'll see. But, I mean, I'm sure there are other parents out there that get the same response that I do when my children come home from school. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know, how was school? Fine. What did you do? Nothing. Nothing. That's literally the the conversation in my home. Mm-hmm. Or when they were little, mm-hmm. it was how was your you know how was school? Fine. What did you do? Recess. Recess. Lunch. Or strawberries. Pe. Yeah. <laughs> From lunch. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And it's and I mean I felt fortunate as a mom because my kids were here in the school. I knew what they were doing. Right. Because I'm right. the principal. Yeah. Because I could actually be present in their classrooms. Right. But I do feel like for parents. Being involved and engaged is probably a challenge mm-hmm. because it's hard to get that type of 
information out of your kids, Mm -hmm. in my humble opinion. Mm -hmm. So what kind of tips or tricks would you offer for parents in terms of getting a conversation going around school? Yeah, branch out from the normal question. Okay. Okay. Don't ask how was your, don't ask what did you do. I mean, maybe ask how was your day, but then ask a follow-up question. Okay. Okay? So something that's going to start a conversation, like um, what is something kind that you did for someone today? Okay, very specific. Um, one that we like to use in my house, uh, I like to say, you know, what is something that you struggled with today? And then what did you do to help get through it? That's a big one these days for kids. Wow. For sure. That's but a I mean, great question. I even do that with my husband. You know, because really? it also helps me figure out how can I better support you and what you need. And so when my husband and I have that conversation... You know, it gives me a little insight into his day and Uh then how I can better help him if he needs it. Wow. So same thing on the parent and child side of it. Is that something that you've kind of set up in your home? Is that pretty typical that you have? Like that is your question for the day kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, we try and have like a fun Friday sometimes. Uh We'll ask more of a fun question. (laughs) Because sometimes the the struggle one can be a serious one. but. Uh It's good to know that somebody else goes through a struggle just like I do every day, you know? Yeah. So it's um, it's a good one to ask, That's for sure. That's a really good point. There is, um, so I, I tried to get some conversation off the ground a long time ago in my family, and we used to play two truths and a lie yeah. at the dinner table. Oh, that's you know, they one, ha- yeah. would have to come up with two things that actually happened during the day, and mm-hmm. then one, and it got outlandish and outlandish <laughs> and ridiculous in my household, so we stopped that one. But <laughs> then we never really got to the yeah. meat of the conversation sure. because somebody made up something about dinosaurs, and there you <laughs> right, go. Right. But, um, but I do think that it's a, a, a challenge, and I do think you're right um, mm-hmm. about those questioning techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece that I think is a little bit of a challenge is how do you – as a parent, and I and I know you're probably not there yet as a mm-hmm. mom, mm-hmm. Um, just on the teacher side of the equation. As a parent, how do you balance the I want to be involved and engaged, and I also want to provide my child with the opportunities for failure, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing for me to say, but opportunities for failure. Um, you know, like there's a difference between being engaged and interested and rescuing all yes. the time. Yeah. Do you see, like, what, what does that look like from your perspective mm-hmm. in the classroom? Yeah, so I've seen that both on the younger side and in the upper grades. Really? Side. Okay. I have, yes. And it, it looks different everywhere, but um, the ones that have had experiences where they've been encouraged to pick themselves up after they fail okay. and how to manage that and navigate that, I've uh-huh. seen them be a lot more um, successful in in balancing that where really the ones where the parents pick up the pieces all the time or Mm -hmm. um you know it's hard I mean as a mom I'm just going to be really honest like it is your like it it is like an innate drive yeah to to fix okay like there were times even I would be in this building and my son would forget his lunch Mm -hmm. and the idea of him eating a cheese sandwich in the cafeteria honest and I know the cafeteria staff and I know the cheese sandwiches it's fine and he's not gonna starve Mm -hmm. but it was overwhelmingly difficult for me Mm -hmm. to let him have that consequence right it's those life skills that you're trying to teach your child right Mm -hmm. I mean it's the responsibility piece you know it's it's teaching them to you know think about what you can do be proactive and think about what you can do to 
you know, remember your lunch if that's what it is, the cheese sandwich. Yeah, you know? I mean, and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like, I remember even when one of my sons had already transitioned to middle school, and my kids were taking their lunches or packing their lunches, mm-hmm. and he had forgotten his lunch a couple times, and I keep a little bit of reserves on the My Payments Plus, you sure. know, yeah. because everybody makes a mistake, yeah. and everybody's going to forget something, and right. surely I forget my lunch, my kids are going to do that too. But once that became such a problem, mm-hmm. then he was going to have to charge a lunch and get a cheese right. sandwich. Right, And, um... And it was hard. Yeah. I mean, that sounds yeah. so foolish. And I know that that type of consequence is not grave by comparison. Sure. I mean, when he's 25 and can't keep a job, that's a grave consequence. Yeah, yeah. When he's, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, really, when yeah. he's 11 and eating a cheese sandwich, it's right. probably not so bad. Yeah. But it's so difficult as a mother. And I, I think you and I had a conversation before one time about just the social ramifications mm-hmm. of kids who have experienced some failure and I use failure in air quotes yes but yeah. kids who have experienced some some hardship or struggle um seem to have a resilience in a social situation mm-hmm. yeah for sure more. I, yeah and that that is is interesting watching a group dynamic when okay when there is someone that if the group isn't getting along or something is um is difficult they kind like of shut group down work or something yeah like that. Okay. yeah and you can you can see the ones that have gone through mistakes and have learned how to get through them uh-huh. you can see them being like the almost the caregiver of the group of the kids that are uh-huh. um kind of shutting down a little bit because you can see them picking them up They're and trying to build them to up. rescue oh mm-hmm. interesting yeah and okay. it's in, it is interesting to watch it and then you see the ones uh the ones that are you know that are doing the rescuing i guess they're uh-huh. Um, the kindness that they show, it's like then they're teaching that to the one that okay. maybe, mm-hmm. you know, is, is struggling. Wow. Um, so, I mean, I do think it's a fine line that you balance as yeah. a parent to both be involved and also mm-hmm. give them space to learn and grow and yeah, fall absolutely. and pick themselves yes. up and all yeah. of those parts and pieces. Yep. Um, you know, I think... Can I just say I love cheese sandwiches, though? I do love cheese <laughs> I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, my kid requested that I buy bologna this week at the grocery oh. store, and I thought, are you kidding me right now? Because there was once upon a time when I thought, if I eat another bologna sandwich, I'm yeah. going to be done with bologna. Uh-huh. But here's the, here's the deal. There's something really good about a piece of full sugar bread yeah. and some cheese and bologna. Absolutely. That's what I think. No, not the bologna for me, but the okay. cheese. I like I the know. cheese. <laughs> I do think, I mean, it is kind of funny. And what I used to, you know, it's funny because I did have this conversation. That's a, li- that's a real story about my child yes. and oh, yeah. buying, getting a cheese sandwich and the mm-hmm. whole thing. And the conversation I had, probably because he was a little older, maybe if he was like six, I would have had a different conversation. Sure. But I, I said, listen, someday you're going to think this cheese sandwich is the best thing you ever yes. ate. And here's why. You're going to be living on ramen and black beans. Yes. <laughs> Maybe some rice. Exactly. Once upon a time. Especially when, you're when trying mom to, makes it. Yeah. When you're getting out on your own for the first time or you're in college, you're yeah. going to wish you had a cheese sandwich. Yes. And you're going to wish you learned how to pick yourself up from That's failures. true. That's true. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned, I just want to come back to one thing before we finish, but you mentioned like the first seven days you were focusing on the seven habits. Yes. Do you... Um, You've been with us the whole time. We've kind of mm-hmm. been on the seven habits journey. Yep. And I know that the language looks different in kindergarten than it does in fifth grade mm-hmm. and fourth grade. Mm-hmm. But um, where do you, do you feel like the kids are able to apply those skills? And, and how do you really see that happen relative to, to um, both the culture in the classroom? Mm-hmm. How does it play into that? And also, um, how, does, how do you find that they 
apply those habits to resilience building or struggling or challenges in some way? Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. When we first started talking about the seven habits, this group has gone through it, I think, since... Almost, kindergarten or first grade since and they were first grade first grade uh-huh. yes yeah. your so, fourth graders were yes. first graders when we started that's yes. what I thought okay yeah, yeah, yeah right um so they they know about the habits they right. they can recite them in order they can tell you all about them correct um they're but internalizing them is different yes uh-huh. and it, it's navigating them in everyday life that's mm-hmm. the difficult part and which habit do I need to use when mm-hmm. and so in in the culture part of it and building these relationships you know, friendships are tested in fourth grade because, sure you know, they're, they're branching out, but yet they want to stay with their comfort zone. Sure. And so... Um, and, you know, that's when the insecurity starts to yeah. build. That's when all... I mean, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that the types of things that I probably experienced in middle school mm-hmm. in terms of peer conflict or social conflict is happening in third and fourth grade now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, I'm sorry, I, I, know, I interrupted I was, you. Okay. So you were saying in, ter- okay. in terms of, you know, the friendships are tested yes. in fourth grade. You see yes. that. So it's and navigating how are the habits working with Yeah, that? it's navigating which habit to use when, okay. you know, and I preach it all day long is, did you seek some understanding? Did you oh. seek some understanding? Isn't did that the hard Did you seek some understanding? Oh. Yes, because they're, uh, fourth graders especially are very quick to just think, and here's my reaction to I what you're saying. So up sometimes. Yeah, agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's asking them, did you seek some understanding? And I think that has solved a lot of problems right there in the class. Yeah. Honestly, I, I can see that because if you can understand that someone's motives, like when you jump to conclusions, you don't get time to assess the intent behind the communication. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if you seek first to understand, yeah, then you can really look for the intent, and and it's so much easier to go mm-hmm. through resolution or whatever. Right. What do you see in terms of the habits and how they've played out in terms of kids being able to accept challenges? I think that it gives them the confidence that they okay. need in order to take on those challenges. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and I do think that's a really big deal. Um, I was asking some children this week, just uh, literally just asking them, what do they like about school? Mm-hmm. And one of the um, one of the comments that struck me. I mean, really resonated with me. One student said, I really love my school because I love to be challenged. Mm. And I thought, wow, isn't that the truth? I mean, Mm -hmm. and and that actually is one of the kind of essential truths that you mentioned Mm -hmm. is that all children love challenge in one way or another. They do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, probably because that's where confidence comes from. It's when you actually have to overcome and grow. It's how Mm -hmm. you build confidence. Wow. One of the ones that I had in my class was Uh um, I love school because... Um, in this school, we're given opportunities to grow. Oh, right. <gasps> right. Oh, that makes me cry. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. But I think that's probably true as adults, too. Mm-hmm. And I think, frankly, you're a perfect example of that and your willingness. You know, one thing that you didn't mention that I think you need to take credit for, or I'm going to say you get credit for, <laughs> is that when it comes to taking risks or challenges, you are a model of that. Oh, thank you. All the time. Thank and you. I do think that that, I think your authenticity and how earnest you are about yourself as a learner and somebody who wants to grow and continue to challenge yourself and rise to the next 
you know, challenge, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. is a huge example for kids. And so I, I believe too that, yes, I believe that you're preaching it every day and mm-hmm. I believe that you're working through those conversations and coaching kids. But I also think you and lots of people here stand as models mm-hmm. of what that really looks like yeah. um, and how to, how to be happy and successful and challenged all at the same time. Well, and I think our school has has really worked on building our culture staff wise as well oh, yeah. and with parents and every, you know and relationships that way so it's been almost easy to do that not 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 well it's an easy, expectation but, i mean yeah, it, it's, it's part of our culture is yeah. just a growth mindset all the exactly. time in every way yeah. well i appreciate you joining me today yeah, absolutely i do want to ask you one final question before yep. we go mm-hmm. so you've been everywhere as a teacher yep what would what do you most want at the end of the day what do you most want your kids to know when they leave you when they when they leave you what do you most want them to know um i i don't think it matters what age they are i want them to know that they are loved and they are important yep they are loved and important to not only as the team in our classroom not only as to me but as everybody that they come in contact here at school yeah love and importance. importance. I agree. Because mm-hmm. they have something unique to offer the world. Exactly. That, that nobody else has. Right. And we need it from them. Yep. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time hey, today. Thanks so I much for having me. appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our bonus episode on class culture. Tune in near the middle of October for this month's episode on grading and reporting, understanding your child's grades. Follow us on your favorite podcast hosting site for notifications when episodes are released.